Welcome listeners, this is Setting the Tone, and I'm your host, Alfonso Ramirez. Let's talk about Sunday. The Minnesota Vikings upset the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo, winning 33-30 in overtime. Now you may be thinking, Minnesota should now be considered a Super Bowl favorite or Super Bowl bound. I'm here to tell you n- no. Buffalo, It was the game was really more about how Buffalo didn't take the game away from Minnesota. They just kept letting them come back in and take it inch by inch. Let's look at the third quarter. At the end, we saw Buffalo with a minute 41 allow an 81-yard run by one of the league's best, Dalvin Cook, even though their rush defense is fifth in the NFL. And then right when it's now 27-17, Josh Allen drives down the field and on fourth and two, throws a dot right to the defense to Patrick Peterson. But Minnesota gets the ball back. They drive down the field, get a touchdown. And then right when you think it's 434 left in the clock, they have the two-minute warning, and Minnesota only has one timeout. You can you just need two first downs, and the game's done. You have the game. You win. But no, Buffalo's inability to run. On offense, cost them the game at this point. They ran three straight pass plays, punting it right to Kirk Cousins. Now, this is where things get out of hand. Buffalo actually sacked Kirk Cousins, creating a fourth and 18. And then on the fourth and 18, when Buffalo had a 92% chance of winning, instead, Justin Jefferson makes the catch of the year. One-handed grab, snatches it away from the defender, and they're at the Buffalo 42. They run a couple more pass plays to get within scoring distance within the 10. Buffalo's defense bails them out on fourth and goal turnover downs at the one-yard line. All Buffalo has to do is just sneak for for one yard. Just get past the one so you do not get a safety and punt it back to Minnesota. Or just don't fumble the ball and let Minnesota recover. Or don't, or don't fumble, fumble the ball and let them recover in the end zone. The third thing that I just said happened. The worst possible thing you can ever think of. Josh Allen fumbles the football. He turns the ball over again. And Minnesota recovers and scores a touchdown to lead the game. Now, you might be thinking, how did this game get to overtime? Well, Josh Allen drives the football down the field in 39 seconds. Gets a field goal, sent it to overtime. The Bills' defense gives them an op- another opportunity by holding Minnesota to a field goal. And what does Josh Allen do? He drives down the field and throws the interception in the end zone to once again Patrick Peterson. Now, this game was a pretty wild one. And you may be thinking this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Well, to Buffalo it isn't. In games decided by eight points or less, Buffalo is two and nine in the last two years. The only two games they won was when Lamar Jackson turned the ball over in the end zone where they could have won the game or sent the game to overtime, or when Patrick Mahomes threw an interception with less than two minutes to go to the Buffalo defense, giving Josh Allen just a kneel down to win. But in the other ones, like the big game last year, 
when they only had to close out Mahomes with 13 seconds left, they just had to prevent him from field goal range in 13 seconds. They let him drive and get a field goal to send it to overtime. And the league's best defense last year allows Mahomes to drive all the way down the field and score an, an overtime winner. I mean, and then look at last week. Buffalo was up in the second half again. And what do we learn? They lose to the Jets, the New York Jets. Now you may be saying, oh, the Jets are six and three. They're legit. No, they've been getting lucky. And when they play actual good teams like New England, they fold. And Buffalo shouldn't have folded. And they ended up losing to the Jets last week. And then we see it again with Minnesota. They couldn't close them out. They just couldn't close out Minnesota. And what do we see? We saw Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, and the Minnesota Vikings leave Buffalo with a victory. I mean, this is insane to think about, but Minnesota, when it comes to games decided by eight points or less, have now won seven in a row. Now, what would you attribute that to? Would you attribute that to great quarterback play? Because I don't think Kirk Cousins is better than Josh Allen. I think Kirk Cousins is like a B, B minus C plus quarterback. I think Josh Allen's an A, A plus, A minus quarterback. What's the difference? What does Minnesota have that Buffalo doesn't have when it comes to these close games? A run game. They have Dalvin Cook. They have a reliable defense. Buffalo may statistically have one of the best defenses in the NFL, but when it comes to these close games, Buffalo's defense has fallen short. Last year against Kansas City, I already brought this point up. How do you allow... 21 points allowed in the second half against Mahomes. When weeks earlier, you held them under 20 points. Sean McDermott is a defensive head coach, yet his defense, when it comes down to it, has continued to struggle in the fourth quarter and over time. But this isn't all about the Bills' defense. This is really all about Josh Allen and the offense. Can they run the football effectively? They have shown not, they can't. And when it comes to the playoffs, when they need to run the football, will they be able to by then? I don't think so. Which is why I have Kansas City, Miami, and the New York Jets above them in the playoffs in terms of my rankings. When it comes to the NFC, the Vikings are up there. I mean, you got Philadelphia, even though they lost last night, it wasn't their fault. They fumbled four times. They got to be more careful with the football than they would win handily last night. But when it comes down to it, when it comes to the playoffs, you got to have a defense that can come through. When you need a stop, you'll get a stop with your defense. When you need to run the football and just two time off the clock, you can do that. Those teams win. And third and most important, you need a quarterback. Now, in the NFC, it's a bit of a tricky one because the top teams in the NFC go the Philadelphia Eagles. They have an amazing run, run offense, run first offense. They have a quarterback that has improved 
significantly over the past three years in terms of throwing the football. But do you trust him in the playoffs against Tom Brady, Seattle, New York, Dallas, Minnesota? Do you? And we could say the same thing about every other team. Minnesota has a great run game, a consist, not a very consistent defense, and average quarterback play. When you go to San Francisco, their defense is incredible. They've only, they only had one fluke this game, and it was against Atlanta. But I would like to say San Francisco has an amazing defense, an amazing run, but average, below average quarterback play. And then you go to the NFC South with Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is the meaning of consistent. The first three games, you had the defense playing their lights out. Then the next three games, you had Tampa Bay's offense doing well, but the defense not doing well. So in the NFC, you can't really find consistency. You can't really find a great team in the NFC. In the NFC East, you have Philadelphia, a great, uh, a great defense, an offense that won't turn the ball over, a great running team. Then you have Dallas, average quarterback play, decent, uh, above average running game, and an amazing defense. But the problem with their defense is they can't stop the run. And we saw that last night against the Packers. The Packers ran for over 200 yards against the Cowboys defense. Chicago ran for over 175 yards against the Cowboys. More. They ran for 175 and more against the Cowboys. If you look at the Giants, do you really trust the Giants? Dables, Brian Dable's a great head coach. Saquon's a great running back. The offensive line is amazing, but they have no weapons. When it comes down to the playoffs, do you think that the Giants will be able to score consistently with no weapons? I mean, they have Darius Slayton, but who else can you name? All the receivers are injured. Their first-round draft pick from two years ago went to Kansas City, faked an injury, and went to Kansas City. The NFC is wide open. Seattle in the NFC West with San Francisco. Seattle, how long can Gino keep this going, really? Can Gino really be the long-term answer at quarterback for Seattle? They have they had an amazing draft. The defense is young. They're great. They're energized by their head coach. They have an amazing running game. They have an amazing rookie running back from Michigan State, Kenneth Walker, who exploded last year against Michigan. But the NFC is wide open. And when it comes down to it, it's really all about quarterbacks. Which quarterback, which defense, which run game can you really trust? The NFC is wide open. And my pick for the NFC is probably Tampa Bay. They have the best quarterback in the NFC. They have... If they can be consistent throughout the rest of the year, I think they can win the NFC. Because are you really going to tell me, when it comes down to it, in an NFC championship game, who do you want to play Tom Brady? Jimmy Garoppolo? 
Jalen Hurts, who has no playoff experience. Geno Smith, who hasn't had a winning season, hasn't even been a starter for that long. Would you rather have, I don't know, um, Kirk Cousins, who has a terrible record in primetime football? I mean, the NFC is wide open. Anybody could take it. I wouldn't be surprised. There's too much inconsistency in the NFC. Anybody can make the playoffs in the NFC. The Falcons might make it. The Panthers might make it, even though they're trying to tank. Anybody might make it. Anybody can make it. My mistake. Anybody can make it to the playoffs in the NFC. Anybody can win the NFC because of inconsistency. Everybody has a big weakness in the NFC. Eagles, quarterback experience. San Francisco, quarterback. Minnesota, quarterback. Um, Seattle, quarterback. I mean, Tampa Bay, inconsistency. Green Bay, no weapons over the top. The NFC can be taken by anybody. Now, if we go to the AFC, we have the Chiefs. I think they're the most complete football team in the NFL. Their defense can get you stops. They can keep you in the game. They can. This is what I've seen from Kansas City's defense. They'll shut you down for about two or three drives so that Mahomes can get up big, and they'll keep they'll keep it that way. They may let you score, but they'll give Mahomes enough to win the game. Baltimore, their defense is a bit it's a bit inconsistent. I mean, they blew a 21 point lead to Miami in the first half of the season. You had them blow a 17 point lead to Buffalo. They almost blew a 10 point lead against Cincinnati. Baltimore's defense is inconsistent. Their run game is great, but Lamar Jackson Lamar Jackson passing can be very inconsistent. He has very inconsistent throws down the field. He His accuracy is all over the place sometimes. And I love Lamar Jackson. I think he should have got a $300 million contract because there's no way you can defend Lamar Jackson. The next team I would consider in the AFC is Buffalo. Now, I know I just said all this stuff about how they can't keep up in the close games, but... Once they start to slip away, you're not coming back. Now, this Minnesota game was a fluke. Buffalo usually doesn't blow these big leads. Buffalo in close games will lose a game, but when they have a lead, they'll keep it. I mean, they've blown people out. They blew the Super Bowl champs out on opening night. They blew out They blew out New England last year in the playoffs. Buffalo can blow you out of the water. So I think they're they're probably the third best team in the NFC. The fourth best team in the NFC, I mean, not the NFC, the AFC. The fourth best team in the AFC, I would have to say the, the New England Patriots. And this is a personal bias for me. The New England Patriots have one of the best defenses in the NFL that, you, that you'll ever see. I mean, they just get to the quarterback. They, they get to the quarterback, they take the ball away. And 
with Bill Belichick, even when you lose a superstar, he'll create a new one. Jack Jones, the rookie, he's an amazing player. Kyle Ducker, second-round pick from 2020 out of a D2, D3 school. You never even heard of him. Bill picked him up. Now he's one of the key pivotal players on New England's defense. I think New England's defense is to be reckoned with. Now, talking about their biggest weakness is their offense, everything about it. I don't like how we have a defensive coordinator calling offensive plays. If you look around the league, the most successful teams in the NFL are offensive-minded. Look at in the NFC. The Eagles, head coach Nick Sirianni, offensive. Minnesota, Kevin O'Connell, offensive coach. If you look at um if you look at uh in the AFC, you have the Chiefs, offensive coach. You look at the Dolphins. Actually, wait, let me scratch that. The fourth best team is probably the Dolphins. The Dolphins own the New England Patriots. The Dol- Even when the Patriots win Super Bowls, the Dolphins will still beat them. The Dolphins have a new head coach, Mike McDaniel, who is who has proven to be a phenomenal coach in the NFL. I mean, he has just made Tua into an MVP candidate and Tyreek Hill at the same time. Tua right now has the new level for Tua. He looks like he's at Alabama, like where he, it looks like the last two years in 2020 and 2021, it looks like he took a break and then he just came, became Tua from Alabama. Cause at Alabama, you had Jalen Waddle, you had Devonte Smith, you had uh, Najee Harris, you had uh, Henry Ruggs, you had Mechie, you had, all these guys, you had Leatherwood, you had you had all these offensive pieces around you, and you just and you could just make it work in, in Alabama. I mean, he looks like he's playing at Alabama right now. He's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. He doesn't really have a lot of pressure on him because the offensive line is great. And he just has to get the ball to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle in an area where they can catch it. Now, granted, he's underthrowing them, but they're winning. I mean, that says a lot. I mean, a lot of quarterbacks can go to Miami and probably succeed under Mike McDaniels. But Tua just looks like he's back at Alabama. You know, three touchdown, four touchdown, 300, 400, 250-yard games are seem to be the normal in Miami. Now, when you had Teddy Bridgewater there, it was it looked like a tire fire when Tua was out. I mean, so look at it from this perspective. Tua can get you there, but do we really know if he can? I mean, he can get you to the playoffs. I mean, the Dolphins the last two years have had a winning record under a defensive head coach, but do we know if he can win a Super Bowl? I mean, I've seen worse quarterbacks than him win a Super Bowl, beat great quarterbacks, I saw the I can't even remember his name. The backup quarterback for the Giants beat uh Joe Kelly in the Super Bowl. I saw Nick Foles beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. I saw Eli Manning, who led the league in interceptions, beat Tom Brady twice. So 
it really is all about where where Tua can take you. Because Tua, I think, is better than all those guys, better than Nick Foles, Eli Manning, the backup quarterback for the Giants that beat Joe Kelly. I mean, Tua is better than those guys, right? So we really have to see how far he can take them. The Dolphins are an interesting team right now. And um, I would just like to say that they are the fourth best team in the AFC. And they could, they have already beat Buffalo. That's the thing. They already beat Buffalo. And Buffalo is a pretty good team, despite what I said about them earlier. But if Buffalo gets a big lead on you, you're not coming back outside of that one game. But let's look at the playoff picture. So at one, we have Kansas City. Let's look at the AFC playoff picture right now. We have Kansas City at one, Miami at two, Tennessee at three, Baltimore at four, Jets at five, six is Buffalo, seven New England Patriots. And then you got the Chargers and the Bengals in the hunt. I mean, let's let's look at Tennessee. The Tennessee Titans, for the past three, three four years, I like, oh wait, four years, have had an amazing head coach. They win games that I don't know how they win. I mean, last year, they beat Buffalo, who was red hot, 34 to 31, because they have an identity. It's run the football and play great defense. Mike Vrabel, for the past four years, has been basically coach of the year. It's him, Sean McVay, and Kyle Shanahan. Because they don't... Because look at Tennessee. Besides Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown before he left, who, who does he have to work with? I mean, Mike McDaniel's got... Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, John Harbaugh has Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. Andy Reid has Patrick Mahomes. And you'll have you'll see Tennessee beat Kansas City. Not this year. They almost did. Last year, they destroyed Kansas City. I mean, Mike Vrabel has worked with a lot the this these past four years without a real star outside of Derrick Henry, a running back. Now, granted, he refuses to use a quarterback because in the last game, I mean, not this game, in Kansas City, he didn't even, he only let Malik Willis throw eight passes. But if you look at every game this year, they lost by a point to the Giants. They got blown out by Buffalo. They they came, they beat the Raiders. They beat they beat the Indianapolis Colts. They beat the Commanders. They beat the Colts again. They beat the Texans without their starting quarterback. They lost the Chiefs without their starting quarterback. Barely. They almost beat the Chiefs. They beat Denver. And now they play this Thursday against Aaron Rodgers. Now, do I believe that Mike Vrabel can outcoach Matt LaFleur? Of course I do. Matt LaFleur has basically been given a lot to work with. And it's he's kind of like Tua. He's kind of like the two of, of coaches, you know. He he's he, he's surrounded with a lot of tools to use. So you can't really know 
how much he can do. I mean, outside of this year, he had Devontae Adams. He had an amazing defense. He had the four-time MVP Aaron Rodgers and got the number one seed two years in a row, lost, and didn't go to the Super Bowl. I mean, Matt LaFleur is the Tua of coaches. He is. I mean, it, and not to just, and to be fair though, he did create an identity, which was running the football. He did draft AJ Dillon. He did make sure Aaron Jones got re-signed. He did create this identity of running the football and we're not just going to be Aaron dependent. Now it, it has helped them. I mean, they beat the Cowboys. They, they came back 14 points against a good team, an undisciplined team. They blew the game just like Buffalo did Dallas. I mean, I, if let's go, let's actually get into that game because I actually want to get into that game because I lost money on that game. Dallas is up 14 points. And all you got to do is just stop Aaron Rodgers and the passing team. Because look, it's fourth and seven. They're not going to run the ball. All you got to do is lock down. And you're telling me that the one receiver that already beat them that game, Christian Watson, isn't matched up with Trayvon Diggs? And fine, okay. He gets two touchdowns because your team, the Dallas team, is a great defense. Dallas's defense is great. But when it comes to the run, they can't stop the run. They The Cowboys allowed over 200 rushing yards. You're just asking to lose. You are just asking to lose when you allow 200 yards of rushing. I mean, I don't have to look up all the teams that I don't I shouldn't have to look up the record of defenses that allow 200 yards. They probably lost a lot of games. Dallas allowed over 200 yards and lost the game. Their other game that they lost, which was to Philadelphia, they couldn't stop the run. They were within three points on that Sunday night football game. They could not stop the RPO. They could not stop Jalen Hurts. They could not stop Miles Sanders. They couldn't stop him. So this is Dallas's weakness. They can't stop running the football. And in the NFC, that is a dangerous, a dangerous game. That is dangerous because look at San Francisco. Kyle Shanahan can run the football. He just got a new toy, Christian McCaffrey. You don't, you're telling me Dallas is going to stop the 49ers offense. No, you're not. The Eagles already did it to them. Minnesota is going to do it to them this Sunday. Watch it. Dalvin Cook is going to rush for over 120 yards against this Dallas defense. And then look at the other team, Tampa Bay. They're the only team that doesn't run the football consistently, but they but like Seattle, Seattle doesn't doesn't stop the run well and look what happened. They let they let a, over 150 rushing yards in in Germany Sunday. So, the Cowboys this is a big thing. They have to they have to be able to stop the run. And 
to Aaron's credit, he owns Dallas. I mean, at AT&T Stadium, they have all these statues of people. They should put Aaron there saying that he's the owner. Not Jerry Jones. Aaron is now 9-3, and three, or I believe 8-3 and three against Dallas since being a starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. I mean, this was truly, this was not really, Aaron, when he needed to make the throw, made the throw. He did it great and was able, and Matt LaFleur, I'll compliment him on this. He has helped Aaron with this new addition of running the football because when Mike McCarthy was there, they didn't really have a run game. I mean, can you name me a running game under Mike McCarthy? Name me the running backs. Eddie Lacy. He's not even the NFL anymore. You have Ty Montgomery. I don't even know where that guy is. Probably sitting at home retired. So really, I will compliment that Matt LaFleur has helped Aaron in the way that they, he's added a new dimension to their offense. Because they they can't, ever since Devontae left, they can't throw the football deep. Now, what I saw from Christian Watson and what I've seen from Romeo Dobbs and Alan Lazard, and in, in like flashes, they can do it, you know, but they need, they need more time. Maybe next year, Aaron will have a better, uh, maybe they'll have a better passing offense next year. But this year, in order for Green Bay to win, their defense has to play good. They need to create stops and they need to, they need to be able to run the football, which they can do. And the rest of their schedule looks pretty solid. The, the, the Packers is pretty solid. Let me look at this right real quick. Give me a second. The Packers schedule, the rest of the season is the first, they play the Titans on Thursday night, coming off a big victory. So that's one's a, now I believe the Packers can win, win out and go to the playoffs. This is. This will be, it's going to be a tough schedule. I mean, it's, it's, it's really going to be a tough schedule for them coming up, but I believe they can make the playoffs. They, they're not Aaron dependent. They can run the football. Their defense the last three years has proven they can stop. They can stop and create stops. So I believe the Packers will make the playoffs. Now let's focus on the Dallas side. I mean, seriously, how many times have we seen this from Dallas? Just be Dallas. Anything. Stephen A. Smith says this a lot. What can go wrong will go wrong for Dallas. And he has a point because the Cowboys entering this game were 195-0 when leading by 14 points or more. I mean, how how do you let that how do you let this happen? It's simple. Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott. Let's start with. Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy's last two years in Green Bay were probably the worst thing I've ever seen in Aaron Rodgers' career. I mean, the Packers didn't make the playoffs. The Packers had constant conflict between Aaron and him. And granted, one year, Aaron was injured in the 2017 season. But in the 2018 season, it it was just ugly. I mean, it was really ugly, and, and they fired him for good reason. And ever since they got Matt LaFleur, which is why I will give Matt LaFleur this, 
they made the playoffs the next year. They got bounced by San Francisco. They then the next year, the next year is they go to they become the number one seed and Aaron becomes back to back MVP. And I think that's because partially, partially because of uh Matt LaFleur's want Matt LaFleur's want to running the game. I mean running the football. I'm sorry. This is my first episode. I'm just really nervous. But back to my point. Matt LaFleur has given Aaron another dimension to run the football. And that's amazing. Now let's go to Mike McCarthy. Let's see. The first year, the 2020 season, was not a good season. Not a good season for him. I mean, Matt, I mean, Mike McCarthy, it was, it was, now let's be fair here. Let's be fair here. Dak did get injured. He was on pace to break all the records. Now let's go to the last year, 2021. The Cowboys were 12 and five. They had good enough playoff seeding. They won their division. They hosted, they hosted the 49ers. And this was a knock on Dallas last year that they can't beat the good teams. They could not. I mean, they they lost to Arizona. They lost to Tampa Bay. They lost to they lost to playoff teams last year. And so when it came down to it in the playoff game last year, it it really came all down to Mike Mike McCarthy not being able to clock manage. That's one of his biggest flaws. He can't manage the clock. And second, and we just saw it. I mean, you're up. 14 points to go and you get the ball back of 14 and you can't manage the clock. You can't run. Mike McCarthy has become too. It. Let me, let me restart. Mike McCarthy is just doesn't know how to discipline his players either. I mean, because last year, if you saw Dallas led the league in, in penalties last year, I mean, how do you still, I mean, you've been there for two years. How are you? How is your team not disciplined? I mean, if you look at the great coaches like Belichick, Belichick, his team does not. You could say when they lose, they don't lose because it was their own fault. Now, granted, there might be like one or two games where they lose because it was their fault. But they, when they lose, it's because it's the other team that's doing better than them. They don't lose because they shoot themselves in the foot. Last year in that game against San Francisco, it was because they shot themselves in the foot multiple times multiple penalties. I mean, what, how do you have a team that is so undisciplined? I mean, a high school football team is more disciplined than the Dallas Cowboys. And that just all comes down to coaching. I mean, cause if you can't coach your team, if you can't coach your team, then there's a problem. Now I don't necessarily mean by coaching like calling plays, I mean by establishing discipline. The Cowboys the past two years have been the most penalized team in the league. And this matters because it has cost them games. Last year, it cost them the playoff game against uh, San Francisco, like I just mentioned. It cost them this game. In overtime, there were two holding penalties for no reason when they could have Easily won that game. On the final drive, there were two holding penalties. In in the fourth quarter, there were more penalties. And then offsides, holding, unnecessary roughness twice in the fourth quarter. I mean, 
how do you not have this conversation with your players? How is there, how are they still doing the same things over and over again? Holding, false start, offsides. I mean, what do they go over in Dallas? What, what do they work on? I mean, I know they have a, I know their defense is handled by Dan Quinn. I know their offense is being called by Kellen Moore. What does Mike McCarthy do? He doesn't manage the clock well. He doesn't establish discipline. We know he's not calling the plays. What has Mike McCarthy done in Dallas that is any different than Jason Garrett has done in Dallas? Nothing. There's no difference between the two of them. Which brings me to another point about Dallas. They're stuck with Dak Prescott. They're stuck with him. Because there's no other quarterback on the market right now that's better than him. Maybe Tom Brady, but Tom Brady's not going to Dallas. They're stuck with Dak Prescott because he's an above, he's a below average, average quarterback that will get them enough wins to get away from any great prospect in the draft, but he's not good enough to get them any significant playoff wins or even a Super Bowl. Dak Prescott is being paid $40 million a year. Dak Prescott is being paid money for a top 10 quarterback. He's not even a top 10 quarterback. I mean, just look at it from this perspective. When, when you need him most, tell me a Dak game that is significant in your memory, that he's won a big game, that he has won a game that you will remember. I can remember a Mahomes game, the Super Bowl. I can remember last year's Bills and Chiefs game with Mahomes. Same for Allen. That Bills-Chiefs game, that's Allen. This opening, this the opening game against the Rams, Josh Allen. Joe Burrow, his playoff run last year. Justin Herbert, the last game of the season last year against Vegas to try to fight to push them into the playoffs. Brady, there's so many of them. Where do you which one do you pick? Super Bowl 49, 51, AFC Championship against Mahomes. Lamar Jackson. Um, a game against Mahomes last year. I mean, at some point, you gotta understand when you get paid $40 million a year, you have to have significant wins or big wins. Even Jared Goff has significant wins. He has more significant moments than Dak Prescott. But yet, some people will sit here and tell me Dak is a better quarterback than Jared Goff. Matthew Stafford last year. The list goes on. The Cowboys have a Dak problem. He's only good when they have a good run game. He's only he only moves he only moves you in, into position to win if everything around him is good. Look at the 2019 season. Their defense was horrible. But yet, in the final game against Philadelphia, when the when the defense held up against a terrible Philadelphia team that should have never should have never even been in the playoffs, he still lost to Carson Wentz. They finished the season eight and eight. Dak is a problem. Dak is a problem because he'll he holds you back. There is so much talent on this Dallas team, but he'll hold you back. When you have a 14-point lead, your quarterback should be able to put the game away. 
Brady will put that game away. Aaron Rodgers will put that game away so fast. Mahomes will put that game away. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson would put that game away. And it, and it goes back to the two. Why did they stop running the football? Let's go to a third and four in overtime when they are at the 35-yard line. If you – Mike McCarthy said he was going to go for it anyway. If you knew you were going to go for it, why didn't you run it two times? Or why didn't you run it the first time at the third and four? Why didn't you run it there? And then if you wanted to pass, you could have passed on fourth and four. Why did you run? Why didn't you run it? You were running the ball so effectively. The Cowboys ran for 154 yards against the Packers, yet they didn't run on in the most significant moment. Is it because they're trying? Is it because McCarthy's trying to elevate Dak to where Dak can't bring be elevated? Dak can't elevate. Dak's average, below average. Yeah, he'll have the stats like Kirk Cousins, but Kirk Cousins isn't going to get you a Super Bowl. Kirk Cousins might get you a playoff win or two. Kirk Cousins isn't going to get you a Super Bowl. Dak Prescott's not going to get you a Super Bowl. You have to have, you have to know your limits. You have to know the ceiling with Dak Prescott. You have to know the ceiling when you sign a quarterback to $160 million. Now, at the time, maybe Jerry didn't think, maybe didn't think that uh, there would be a quarterback available. Maybe. But at the same time, he didn't even try to make a move for Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson would have been, I know he's struggling right now in Denver. Now that's partially the head coach's fault in Denver. But I th- are you telling me Russell Wilson would not make this team better than it is right now? He would not elevate this team. He would not. When Russell Wilson went to Denver, the Denver Broncos were the, moved to the fifth highest odds to win the Super Bowl. Russell Wilson would make the Cowboys a a Super Bowl favorite. I mean, would you not take Russell Wilson against Jalen Hurts, Jimmy Garoppolo, against Kirk Cousins, against Geno Smith? Now, let's be honest. The Cowboys have a Dak problem, and they need to solve it soon. Now, you can either win a couple playoff games and call yourself Super Bowl contenders for the next five years, or you can trade, get assets now, and just wait for the future. Trade him to a bad team. I'm sure the Texans would love to have him. I'm sure the Lions would have him. I'm sure a lot of these bad teams out there would would have Dak Prescott. If you make that trade and get a good quarterback like C.J. Stroud or Bryce Bryce Young, I'm sure you're now. You may not win right in the moment, but you'll be set for the next ten years. Than rather be stuck with Dak Prescott. I'm telling you right now, Dallas needs to make a move right now. They're stuck with him. And unfortunately, the trade deadline's already up. So when it comes to March, when they won or lost in the first round of the playoffs, they need to make a move. Dak's going to have a great, great stat line at the end of the year. Probably like 30 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 25 to 12. Something something like that. Make a move for him. 
make a move. You can get a first-round pick out of Dak Prescott to a bad team. I'm telling you right now. The problem is that contract. You you need to get rid of Dak in the offseason. Thank you for listening to Setting the Tone.